Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run the operations. Use Sweet Process to document and to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a free 14-day trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Rafi Benzaken recently joined Lula as the head of growth. Lula is an early-stage intertech startup building infrastructure for insurance in the modern economy. Prior to Lula, Rafi spent two years building and scaling Alto Pharmacy's last mile division. He spent five years working in various strategy and operational roles at Uber and two years at Deloitte Consulting. Rafi, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Chad. Excited to be here. So uh, how long have you been at Alta? So I, I spent, like, I, like you mentioned, about two years at Alto Pharmacy, and then about a month ago, I switched sorry, Lula, role, yeah. roles to Lula. Um, so joined in the beginning of December, and, and I think I'm, I'm starting my fifth week uh, this week. Okay. What attracted you to Lula? Yeah, Lula, um, you know, what attracted me is their mission, which is essentially life happens in episodes. And insurance should as well. So if you think about, you know, someone typically getting insurance, they might get a six month or an annual policy. But if you look at the modern day, modern day age, things happen in much smaller timeframes. So for example, you might rent a vehicle for seven days, which could be an episode. You might get an Airbnb for three days, which might be an episode. You might order a pair of shoes from Nike and they're being shipped and out of the warehouse before they get to your home, they're they're kind of with FedEx or UPS for two days, and that could be an episode. And if you lo- look across a number of different industries and verticals, there are, there are all these instances of episodes happening. And so Lula's vision is, let's break up insurance into episodes, and they really want to become the stripe for insurance, where in a checkout or e- you know page of, of an e-commerce site or any kind of you know, insurance-related transaction, um, they could kind of sit in the middle between carriers and an end user and help someone acquire episodic insurance. So it would be kind of, so take it, take me through it. Let's say I want to get an Airbnb and I'm interested in insurance. What, what What's kind of the process for that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, you know, we're actually not in the Airbnb space today. I think that's okay. what okay. thinking, but Um, You know, right now we play in the trucking space or in the car rental space. Um, Trucking is a really great, great um, area because 
If you think about a typical owner operator, they might own five to 10 trucks, maybe up to 20. Those trucks are usually only used for 20 days out of the month. So four or five days a week, um, which means about 220 days out of 365 days in a year. So our approach in the trucking space is to go to owner operators and say, only pay for insurance on the episodes that you're actually using the vehicle for. So that might be a four-day haul Monday to Thursday or four-day or five-day haul Monday to Friday, buy insurance by the day um, to help save you money as opposed to buying a policy for the full 365 days a year. Um, and so an owner-operator could go on our portal, literally write, I'm driving this VIN from point A to B. I'm going to be on the road for three days, 50 bucks a day, $150. Um, and we've been able to uh, to really show that you could save quite a bit of money. So you have uh, you have quite a background in operations. Can you give me kind of uh, your overall philosophy in terms of operations? Yeah, sure. So um, you know, as you mentioned, I started off my career in Deloitte Consulting, um, doing various strategy and operational projects. Then moved on to Uber and Alto Pharmacy in, in pretty deep, heavy operational roles. Um, and I think my philosophy in terms of transforming operations, whether you're trying to drive down your cost or improve your customer experience or, or try to find product market fit is really twofold. Um, number one, which is a, a um, value that I learned at Alto is go down to the N equals one. And what I mean by that is, you know, take a process that you want to transform and go find individual um, transactions. So at Alto, we were trying to reduce our FedEx delivery costs. Our core operating model was to deliver prescription drugs via courier. Um, and there were outlier examples where we'd be shipping with FedEx and it would be much more expensive than using a courier. Um, and so in this example, we literally pulled 100 different FedEx orders and went down to that N equals one, looked at each one individually from start to finish. What was the customer ordering? What was the drug? What was the day of the week? Where was it going to? How did it end up in FedEx as opposed to courier? And by looking at 100 different you know, transactions or orders, we identified maybe 10 to 12 reasons why things were slipping out of the courier path and into the FedEx path. Um, so that was kind of from a learning perspective. And then in terms of actually transforming you know, the operation, it was chip away at those 10 or 12 things. There wasn't one silver bullet that we could you know, wave our magic wand and significantly reduce our costs. It was chip away, execute on each one of those 12 things one at a time, prioritize based on impact and effort, um, and then begin to just you know, add value to the organization by tackling and, and executing against the vision. How often do you do something like that? <clears throat> You know, I think that um, I think it really depends on the environment that you're in, but but fairly often, I'd say any kind of process that you're running or any kind of problem that you're tackling, um, it's a great way to really learn about that process and to learn how to identify it. Um, so, you know, typically in the beginning of a half or a quarter, um, we'll make a transformation roadmap and identify three to four different processes or programs that we want to improve. And then for each one of those, we'll follow that kind of, um, you know, MO of, of looking at the inefficiencies going down to the N equals one, creating a roadmap and, and chipping away at it. 
is there a way that you make sure that, you know, because there that often maybe involves change or a change in process or even change in behavior, is there a way that you ensure that that change goes smoothly or, or happens? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that you tend to get better at over time with. Um, typically, the more functions that a process touches, the deeper change management plan that you really need. Um, but my general approach to stakeholder management and change management is to, number one, involve stakeholders early and often. Let them know that you're going to be looking at this process. Let them know that it may impact them. And really take those stakeholders with you through the journey of the, of the process transformation, um, because there will be implications to their functions that I or someone else on my team may not be aware of. Um, and I think getting them bought in, letting them understand why you're making this change, letting them identify how this is going to impact their function and organization, let them dictate the timelines of how they should be involved, um, tends to make these kind of transformations more successful. And then uh, was there another part of your philosophy besides boiling it down to the N equals one? Yeah, I think, you know, the second thing that, um, you know, that I really believe in um, is, is kind of traditional Lean Six Sigma concepts. So, um, you know, really bringing in an expert that could facilitate a Kaizen event. And typically in a Kaizen event, um, you'll look at a process, you'll start with kind of walking the Gemba, which means literally actually going through that process. So, you know, take a warehouse environment, it could be packing boxes, you know, you'll go and sit at the pack station, you'll watch the packers, you'll watch how they're scanning, what they're scanning, where they're moving tape from or pulling boxes from, how they're sorting, et cetera, and really just watch and visualize the current state. I think, you know, people that are part of the Kaizen and people that are actually doing the process then come together in a room map out the current state challenges, map out what you want the future state to look like um, and how you're going to tackle each of those challenges, build out a roadmap and a plan again with, with prioritizing based on impact and effort and then going out to execute. So it kind of pairs pretty well with that, that N equals one concept. Sure. Sure. Uh, you you know, as we talked about, you recently uh, came to Lula. Are you, are you kind of uh how are you moving forward with Lula? Are you still doing operations? Or are you doing other things? Yeah, so my role at Lula um, is slightly different. Um, I'm the growth manager at Lula. And the way I think about growth is, is really twofold. Um, and I think a lot of people get confused between what sales, marketing, and growth is. So, so I think it's worth sharing. But really, to me, um, goal number one of any growth manager should be making sure that you have product market fit. Um, and generally the best way to measure product market fit is through retention. So if you're acquiring a bunch of users and 80% of them churn within three months, you probably don't have product market fit. If you start to see churn kind of, you know, flatline and stabilize maybe at 40, 50% in the six, seven, eight, eight month mark, you probably do have product market fit. Um, so to me, that's kind of, you know, opportunity number one, um, making sure that you're talking to your customers, that you're retaining them, that you're building with them in mind. And then once you have product market fit, I think the second role of a growth manager is to identify where are you going to acquire users? And in my experience, you know, if you look at Uber, for example, um, Uber's primary growth channel was paid marketing. 
If you look at Alto Pharmacy, my last company, our primary channel for acquiring users was a sales force that built relationships with providers who then referred patients to us. Um, so similarly at, at Lula, I think you know, part two of growth is identifying where are you going to acquire users and what is the primary channel that you're going to acquire those users. And that could be paid marketing, it could be a sales team, it could be channel partnerships, et cetera. Um, but really, you want to experiment early on and identify where could you bring users at the lowest possible cost that long term will retain at the highest rates. Is that where you are right now since you just got there kind of in that experimentation process? Yeah, you know, the, the company is fairly early. Uh, we have about 30 employees um, and the company has been around for a year. So I'm actually still kind of primarily focused on phase one, which is what is the product and technology that we're going to build out to ensure that we have product market fit. I think absolutely we are focused as an early stage company on, you know, growing our revenue and, and driving our users. So we're also kind of focused on, on phase two. It's, it's hard to totally sequence. You have to parallel path a little bit. When you were doing operations, did you have kind of a, uh, you know, a systems process where you had people following certain systems and, and you documented those? And how did that go for you? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, one of the big um, lessons learned, I think, working in operations, especially in early stage startups, is people tend to come and go. And it's really important to document your processes. Um, so, you know, I'm really big into each process should have a standard operating procedure. And within that, you kind of want to formalize what's the process, who's doing that process, like which function or which role is performing that process, what are the systems and technologies that you're using. And you really want to revisit that every, you know, six months or so, sometimes more or less, depending on how quickly that process is changing. So that way, you know, that department is fully documented. Anyone could come and step into that role and immediately be successful. Um, and I always used to tell my team, you know, if any one of us falls off the face of the earth, someone should be able to come read through our SOPs and, and fairly quickly ramp up, get up to speed and be able to add value to the organization. Uh, I have one final question for you. What is, uh, are there any books um, or podcasts that you listen to that you've or read that you uh, have found valuable or enjoyable during your career? Yeah, probably, um, you know, my favorite podcast is the How I Built This podcast. I love listening, um, you know, to Guy and, and, and hearing him interview entrepreneurs. Um, one of the really common things that you tend to find is there usually are no overnight successes. Most people kind of toil away, you know, at their businesses for many years. Um, so I really like learning about that and different challenges that entrepreneurs are going through. Um, and then the other space that I'm kind of diving into right now is really the crypto world. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast on my way home from work right now. And one of the pieces of advice um, that, that they gave was, it's not too late to get into the crypto world right now. Um, you know, and, and that's thinking about from an investment perspective, starting to dabble into the coins, but really from a technology perspective, understanding the software behind those, you know, cryptos and how they're going to be used to, you know, transform industries and disrupt the user experiences across many different verticals. 
Um, so I, I'd highly encourage you know folks to to seek that out. Just go out and Google Crypto 101. There's a lot to be learned there. Okay. Hey, we really appreciate your time today, uh, Rafi, and your insights and uh, those suggestions. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, and how can, how can people find out more information about Lula? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, definitely. So you could go to our website. It's lula.is. That's L-U-L-A dot I-S. Um, anyone could also reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Um, we are hiring. We're looking always for engineers, folks from the insurance world. Um, so feel free to reach out and, and I'd be happy to chat. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Rafi. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chad. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's